It's the Adventures of Indiana Jim, episode 52, for the week of... I don't even know what week it is. It's four years later. Coming to you not exactly live from... The Cliffs of Insanity! A man who needs no introduction. Don't tell me you've never heard of me. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. You, boy, are arrogant, hot-tempered, entirely too bold. I like that. Reminds me of me. And now, Indiana Jim. Are you listening to this fellow? May I imagine he's wearing a costume, not a uniform. I have entertained in all the courts of Europe and speak a ready wit in their every tongue. I told you I was famous. You have chosen wisely. Well, 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 welcome back. My dreams were my ticket out. Or were they? Uh, something was my ticket out. Well, you know, I maybe you follow me on Twitter, maybe you don't, and, and this episode will be all about kind of <laughs> what I re- recently uh, what I recently went through on Twitter uh, for everybody who follows me. Um, very exciting, and I'll bet you can't wait to hear all about it. This is the first episode. Of this podcast since 2014. In fact, the exact date would be uh, October 24th of 2014. Man, it has been a long time. That doesn't mean I haven't been podcasting, obviously. Uh, Some of you may um, have listened to Indiana Jim and the Writing Crusade, which still, that debuted in... 2016. Um, Still, some of you may be familiar with the Star Wars Survival Guide, which started August of 2015. That's still... There's eight months in there between the last time I did a regular Adventures of Indiana Jim and any other kind of episode. So what have I been doing with myself? Well, that's, that's the question. And I'll get into kind of a lot of that. Um, I already listed for you there uh, two, <laughs> a list, <laughs> really long list, a list of two podcasts that I've been doing since I last did The Adventures of Indiana Jim. Some of you have tuned in since the tweet storm that I tweeted not too terribly long ago. Uh, let me see exactly when that was. It was just like two days ago, I believe. Yeah, January 10th, uh, two days ago. And I've got a picture of myself in a University of Arizona Wildcats t-shirt with my fedora and my Balticon 42 badge. Where I was seated during the live survival guide to writing fantasy. Uh, I was there with T. Morris, kind of as his uh, sidekick and bell ringer. And so I really came to some conclusions that day. And it all kind of started just coming out uh, in, a, in, a, in kind of a rush. And so this, this episode is going to be a bit of a mea culpa. It's going to be a bit of an explanation of where things are and where things went, uh, where things went wrong, um, starting with that fateful uh, trip to Balticon in 2008. 
And so you notice this episode is titled 2008, The Year of Podcasting Almost Killed My Marriage. And it's a little bit clickbaity because it wasn't podcasting. It was me. But it was my relationship with podcasting. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into a little bit of history here. And I hope that you'll go with me on this uh, journey of self-discovery so you can kind of see what I've figured out about myself, um, what I figured out about myself, where this all came from, and hopefully where things are going from here on out. Because hopefully things are going to be a lot uh, different here. So the first thing is to talk about Balticon 42 which took place in 2008. That is 10 plus years ago, almost 11 years ago that Balticon 42 took place. And I swear it feels like it, it does not feel like a decade has gone by. Not even close. It does not feel like 10 years at all. So what I'm going to do is define what happened at Balticon 42, both the good and the bad. Now I'm not going to get into a lot of details you know, you, you may have heard the Balticon 42 recap episode 10 years ago. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, you don't remember. I know you don't remember. I remember because I just listened to it uh, on the 10th. <laughs> uh, well, maybe the 9th um, because cause I was going through old podcast episodes, but I'll, I'll get into that. What happened at Balticon 42, it was like summer camp. It really was. And it was like summer camp except you already kind of knew some of the people that were going to be there. Now, I really wish I had been there for Balticon 41. It was a little too early for me, but Balticon 41 would have been more fun because, well, for me, I think, because Evo Terra, Michael R. Menengay would have been there, the Slice of Sci-Fi guys. Scott Sigler would have been there. Uh, I think that would have been maybe more entertaining. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not one of those people to look back and go, man, I wish I'd been there this year instead of this year. Because... I made some really good friends at Balticon 42, had some nice experiences, and I don't want to trade that. I don't want to be like, oh, I wish I'd been there, or I wish I had not met those certain people and had those certain experiences. There was one experience I wish I wouldn't have, but that that's on me. And so here's, here's the good about Balticon 42. I am very glad I went. It was extremely fun. Here's all these people that I've only listened to in my ears and here they are, I'm meeting them face-to-face. And it was so cool walking up to the hotel. And, and I went over this before, but uh, Scott and May break all two very good friends of mine. And May was uh, kind of working for Scott Sigler at the time. She was uh, Junkie May, you know. Uh, she had her name. <laughs> and um, then, you know, I'm meeting the vicar from used to be on Geek Radio Daily, you know. And, and all these people who... I recognize their voices, and it's like instantly instantly you have a, a rapport because there's some people that kind of know your name. Not everybody knew my name there, but it was close to cheers. Um, I did have a fedora, so it kind of was a dead giveaway. Anyway, so meeting all of these people was great. Hanging out with T. Morris, of course, is always an adventure. <laughs> you don't have to be Indiana Jim to have that adventure. Gosh, I think J.C. Hutchins was there. Um, Murr, of course, Murr Lafferty was there, who's now in the... In the big time, the semi-big time, writing them Star Wars novelizations, which is cool. Um, Christiana Ellis, um, Chris Lester, 
Doug Rapson from Geek Acres was there. Um, Ken Newquist, Nuke Havoc, he was there. Um, all of these really cool people. PG Holyfield, God rest his soul. Um, what a lovely man. And uh, just super fun to hang out with. He was there. Matt Wallace was there. Just so many names, so many people. Earl Newton and Dave Cantor, who debuted uh, that episode of Stranger Things, um, was there. That Just awesome, awesome episode of Stranger Things. Uh, not the Stranger Things you know from Netflix, for those of you who don't know. This was before Stranger Things of Netflix. Um, so I don't want to avoid any confusion there. Just all of these wonderful people, just great people that I loved hanging out with. Um, <clears throat> even people you don't you don't really know from Twitter. Uh, used to be on Twitter, Mr. Dubs, a good friend of Chris Lester, Michigan Brian. Uh, he was great to hang out with, and um, I miss that guy. And then, of course, can't forget Kevin Crosby, at Balen, B-A-E-L-E-N, on Twitter. Doesn't tweet much these days, but if he's listening, buddy, I miss you, man. Um, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And the panels were awesome. The, the, uh, Murr had her, uh, zombie office space thing. I mean, that was, that was great. Um, so many good writers were there. I interviewed Patricia Bray and Joshua Palmatier while I was there. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, all in all, I gotta say, you know, of course, podcasting's Rich Sigfrid. How could I forget podcasting's Rich Sigfrid being there? Um, that was that was a highlight. Susan Z and Biscuit uh, from uh, whatever show they did <laughs> back in the day. I can't remember their podcast, but anyway, all that to say, like I said, it was like summer camp. It was so it was such a blast just hanging out with everybody. So. Well, what's the bad about Balticon 42? Well, let's not forget Paul Fisher, of course, who was the new, who was the new media track chairperson. Uh, Paul and Martha Fisher, who just, you know, went out of their way to take care of everybody and then just give everybody a good experience. And um, just, just, uh, just awesome. And then uh, last thing, uh, last person I want to mention, and then this is... Um, you know, this, this should not be uh, considered a... Uh, slight against him at all uh but is jay gregory wright greg wright um i don't know what's up with him these days but he was the chairman of the con the overall chairman of the con so uh he was great he was fun um such a cool dude and um older than me but but such a gentleman and uh so that's kind of just want to lay all that out there in case there's anyone else out there listening who thinks that that I had less than a wonderful time. So here's what happened. My relationship with my wife was not in a good place. I was in that space where I kind of believed that it was over between us. And my my wife tends to, when she gets upset, or she used to, doesn't anymore because she's medicated. <laughs> um, took a while to kind of figure out that that she she needed that help, and uh, now that she has it, um, it's 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 a totally different story. And not to say she was like a horrible person because she wasn't, but when she got angry, is kind of when she lost control of her mouth, <laughs> and uh, sometimes still does. And and of course I do too sometimes. But 
that's not the point. Sometimes some things would come out that I don't think that she would she means most of the time when she says it. And I've since learned to kind of be like, yeah, no, you don't mean that. Um, but, you know, when you start talking about, oh, you know, maybe we should get divorced, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe, should we? I don't know. I, I don't know. Just suffice to say that it wasn't a good place for either of us. And so I went. Uh, my podcasting experience was kind of um, an escape from all the stresses of life. And um, again, it was like summer camp. It was like, oh, look at these these cool friends and this cool shiny new thing that we all can do together. And wow, people are paying attention to me. Oh my gosh, how cool is that? And so it was, you know, that's a, that's a dangerous cocktail to pour on a guy who's lonely and believes his marriage is over and send him off to summer camp where there's some, um, a lot of really nice female people that he has stuff in common with. Now, Here's the thing, though. I didn't act like a, a married man when I was there. And this is something that, that May um, helpfully pointed out to me, <laughs> you know, at the time. Or at, maybe it was after, you know, I don't know. But I didn't act like a, like a, like a married guy. And, and I was, you know, I was just kind of flirtatious the whole time, which I've always been kind of a flirt. But I've really learned to let that go because it's, it's, it's a waste of time. And, and, uh, you know, you don't want to lead people on, but anyway, you know, I flirted with like everybody, two in particular, two people that were there that I did. And it was more of a casual thing. It wasn't like I was trying to pick them up, you know, it was just like, you know, just little comments you make and not, and I've never been an over-sexual flirter. It's just, you know, it's just that, you know, just that thing, you know, just trying to have fun with it and, you know, just stupid humor hard to explain because I don't remember anything I actually said, but two of which were Mer Lafferty and Christiana Ellis. Mer, I could tell I was <laughs> totally turning off. Uh, Christiana just kind of put up with it, I think, and uh, just kind of let it slide. And so first, public apology to those two people specifically, which I can remember acting like this toward, and uh, not overly cad-like. You know, I wasn't drunk and, and anything like that, but just it was just it was just dumb, and it was just not appropriate. So public apology to Mer Lafferty and Christiana Ellis, um, both of whom are fine people who I wish the best of success. And Christiana is one of the coolest nerdy girls you'll ever meet. And Mer, you know, I've already mentioned her. So both great people. And there, there is my, my mea culpa, my public apology to the two of them. Um, and there was one other person. And you could go back to all the Balticon stuff and you could figure out who it was and, and, and it probably should remain nameless um, for decency's sake. Who hung out with kind of the same circle I was hanging out with, who paid attention to me. And, and really, that's all you got to do is, is you can be, at that stage, you could be mildly attractive and pay attention to me and that's, that's it. Like, that's all I needed. And so we hung out. She flirted back, and like I said, I acted like I wasn't a married man. Not to say that it that it got terribly physical, just kind of like you're like like you're like at summer camp. You're just kids hanging out. It was kind of like I just met a new girlfriend, you know. And I've never been the kind to to sleep around, so I didn't. Now some people go, oh well, that's just innocent, and that's you know you you didn't do anything. I acted like I wasn't spoken for. 
and so that was a mistake. And so I publicly apologize to the world and to the people who were there who witnessed any of that behavior. It was wrong of me, and I'm a completely different person in a completely different headspace these days. And so that was the mistake. That was the bad of Balticon. That was something that affected me up until January 10th of 2019. And finally, I think, put it to rest. Um, And it's been a long road back for my wife and I, but things are so good these days. It could be better, but most of that is on me. You know, we've gotten older and the kids are getting older and we got one kid getting ready to graduate high school. And so the dynamic is different. We're both more mature these days. We both have a better grasp of what it means to be an adult and, and where the time goes. And and my wife felt like a podcasting widow because everything in my life up till that point with the podcasting, it just became all about that. It became all about that thing. And that's all I wanted to do. And that's all I was about. She was a podcasting widow, you know, and not in like one of those good natured, cute, cutesy ways. You know, I think if had our relationship been stronger, had we both been in better mental health, it probably would have been different. But that put enormous strain. And so after Balticon, we actually we went out to Arizona and we saw my dad and, and we did kind of a whirlwind tour up from Phoenix up to Hoover Dam, over to the Grand Canyon and back down. We went to Tombstone, you know, we did this whole thing. Uh, We had gone to Vegas, you know, that deal. One of the things that we got to do on the way to visit my dad is we stopped at the former Draco Vista Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I got to sit in on a recording of Slice of Sci-Fi. And I don't remember what episode it was. I might look it up. I might not. It's whatever. Not important. I got to sit in and participate in, in, you know, Slice of Sci-Fi and it was great fun, and my wife kind of sat there and observed this whole thing. You know you're in a bad place because, you know, again, she was a podcasting widow. When you're a member of Farpoint Media, you're, you're, you've got a show in the network. You're at your, at your network uh, president's <laughs> studio slash house, and then the episode is over, and we're getting ready to leave, and Mike's walking us out. And, you know, when, you're, when your wife looks Michael Armenengay in the eye and says that she hates podcasting, that's a, <laughs> that's a moment to, to write home about, or not write home about, as the case may be. Um, that's, and that's where that was. And that's why, kind of, that, that I've struggled with keeping the podcasting going. That's one big reason, is because if you don't have the support of your family and your loved ones, you, know, you, you, you don't have anything. So, so that, that became a big deal because that was always hanging over my head. There was always that message, I hate podcasting. Podcasting is a waste of time. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's ruined my life. You know, it's kind of the feeling. I'm, obviously, it's not true. Podcasting didn't ruin my life. But anyway, there it is. So pretty much you, you know the whole thing about Balticon now. And so I went back and, and well, I'm, I'm going to get to that about listening to old episodes. But, the, but Balticon wasn't the only thing that happened in my life. I lost my job shortly after that in 2009. And that led to, and this is, of course, coming out of the, the big economic issue that we had back then. So I had lost my job. So this whole span between 2008, 2014, 15, 
was just this crazy period of of either unemployment, thir- one a year or more of unemployment, which actually led to some of my best creativity. The income and crisis bits were some of the most fun I had in podcasting and, and some of my most creative uh, writing and recording and voice acting, if I do say so myself. This is an Indiana Gym special report. Income in crisis. Day one. Are we on? Are we on? John, we got the tape. Roll the tape. Dateline, New Albany, Indiana, March 29th, 2009. War has come to the home front as Indiana Jim, podcasting Swiss Army Knife, has found himself unemployed yet again. Sources tell WAIJ News that it was entirely his fault and completely unavoidable. Gee, what a freaking surprise. The assault came moments after he finished doing something we are sure was vastly important and 100% work-related. Stocks rose 103 points on Thursday, a sizable chunk for one man doing his part to help in this wretched bush economy. After crying large, wet, girly tears, Jim pulled the pistol out of his mouth, put on his pants one leg at a time, and decided that the best thing to do was eat a pint of Ben & Jerry's Chunky Monkey. We are unsure why his pants were off at the time, as the pants were unavailable for comment. Eventually, Jim called in every favor at his disposal and found that his mother had changed her number. The resume was updated, online applications were completed, and the ball was started on three golden opportunities to do a whole lot of nothing for not enough pay. Keep a watchful eye, for if you see a gray rat at a kid's pizza place, you may just find a brown fedora under that ridiculous head. And that's the way things stand after day one of Income in Crisis. This is an Indiana Gym special report. Income in crisis. Day two. Dateline, New Albany, Indiana, March 28, 2009. Friday found Indiana Jim rehearsing for his role in the upcoming remake of Mr. Mom. After his chores, Jim put up a podcast which didn't work with a nifty little picture featuring burning money, a screaming woman, an angry Captain James T. Kirk, and a jubilant George Lucas winning an award. One of these things is not like the other, and we're pretty sure it has something to do with women since geeks can never get any. Jim's wife and Jared Axelrod were both unavailable for comment at the time. Meanwhile, Jim's job options became wide open as he received a tip from the vicar of Geek Radio Daily stating that adult films were always hiring. We're pretty sure this eliminates Jim from contention as he is neither an adult nor is he photogenic in any sense of the word. But since he used to sell PCs for Best Buy, he already has experience screwing others on behalf of his employer. Speaking of screwing others for money, the Star Wars prequels were on display as Jim's six-year-old son watched episodes 2, 3, and 6, as well as both DVDs of Jendi Tartakovsky's Cartoon Network series. Yes, the one where General Grievous was actually impressive and didn't sound like a bad impersonation of Boris Karloff. Stay tuned for our next report, Why George Lucas Hates Four-Armed Asthmatic Cybernetic Aliens and Loves Floppy-Eared Jamaican Reptiles. That's the way things stand after day two of Income in Crisis. 
is an Indiana Jim special report. Income in crisis. Day 8. chocolate cookie on the bottom. Just how many Girl Scouts go into a Girl Scout cookie anyway? Inquiring minds want to know. Probably the same number of slicks on a Tootsie Roll Pop. And now for our report on why George Lucas hates four-armed asthmatic cybernetic aliens but loves floppy-eared Jamaican reptiles. We're pretty sure it has something to do with boots, belts, and luggage. Otherwise, we have no freaking idea. Day 3 through 8 found Indiana Jim doing a whole lot of not much except completing levels of Lego Indiana Jones every day. He did manage to secure a phone screening and landed actual face-to-face interview. Here's an excerpt of the phone screening. May I see some ID? (laughs) Don't I look old enough to drink? Don't you know the drinking age is 47 here? (laughs) Does it matter that I'm Canadian? You're Canadian? Can't you tell? Have you ever heard of a town called Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan? Isn't that right beside left noob? (laughs) And that's the way things stand after day eight of Income in Crisis. The other thing was the job I now had was, you know, I had been sitting at a desk doing commercial uh, or or collections for a hospital from insurance companies. Moved into more of a retail thing, doing the eyewear stuff. And I did that from December 2010 till just recently, this last year. And that job was very stressful because it was just just taxing on both the time driving back and forth and kind of the mental health issues involved with this job. Um, just the stresses of it and, and, and the management of it and the people I was working for and working with, it was stressful. The, my wife hating podcasting and <laughs> job and, and, and living stress, you know, and going from living space to living space and moving around too much. And, and we, tend to, we tend to take environmental clutter, environmental stress environmental stability for granted that's a big big part of life and so this leads me to i want to refer you to something called pod taint uh there was um jack mangan if you remember jack mangan's deadpan podcast he had this thing called pod taint he called it pod taint um this idea of of Becoming so impressed with ourselves and, and a lot of uh, politicking behind the scenes in our little podcasting community. And he could tell you more about that. I'll refer you to the episode. Um, not safe for work, not safe for kids. Um, just a few just a few choice words here and there. But um, just if you want to reference that, you may listen to that. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes. You know, the, there was something else that happened with the podcasting space in <clears throat> the 10, 11 years since Balticon 42, 2008. Spock, I have nothing to say right here. 
Okay, worst Kirk ever. But you know, that's what I. That's all I got. Not to say that the people that I saw were behaving poorly, but I did, and so I kind of became a victim of my own minor celebrity status. Just you know, dumb, 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 dumb. dumb. So in the last ten years, what's happened is that podcasting as a medium has outgrown our little circle, you know, our patio books, slice of sci-fi circle. So all the names that I mentioned, were all kind of in a, a, the same circle with each other. And the big names in podcasting have sort of come in and old media has become the new media. NPR, How Stuff Works, the Nerdist. I mean, these these larger companies have sort of come into the podcasting space and commercialized it, I guess. It seems like it's harder for the hobbyist podcaster to really make a name for himself. You know, I know Slice of Sci-Fi, they, they, they were really popular. They weren't way up there with the, the astronomical numbers like Scott Sigler or Don and Drew, you know, or um, Adam Curry or Leo Laporte. But they, they, were, they were high. They were very high. <laughs> When Evo left Slice of Sci-Fi, that totally changed the dynamic of Slice of Sci-Fi. And then as Scott Sigler got bigger, the junkie landscape sort of changed a little bit. The medium began to outgrow us, I think. And so that new media, that balloon of massive success, it was like a dot-com bubble. The podcasting success bubble burst on a lot of us. And I think it kind of started around the time that, that J.C. Hutchins... And Matt Wallace, when Seventh Son, the book push didn't do as well as Sigler's. I remember Matt Wallace publishing a rant on his blog about how it was the audience's fault uh, that Seventh Son print didn't do well, uh, that St. Martin's killed it. You know, it, it, it was the audience's fault. It was the people who listened to JC and loved his stuff that didn't go buy the book. It, it's our fault that it failed and and I can remember JC Hutchins being very down on himself and down kind of on the whole experience after that after he didn't replicate the success of Scott Sigler so there seemed to be a souring there I think and so there's been a fragmentation of that community that was once very tightly knit and now we're kind of we're kind of spread out we still kind of sort of listen to each other but not nearly as much as we used to. And so when I came back with The Writing Crusade, I had lost the website that I had at the time because of my unemployment issues, the, the, my hosting, I let it lapse. Um, and, I, and it seemed like I could never get my feedback under me. I had about 300 subscribers at the time based on my, free, my feed burner stats. About 300 subscribers, really good number for me, for, for just one guy just being a goofball. Uh, but but something else happened too, and so what what occurred here on the the ninth of January as I was going through it is I've been considering this question: What is Indiana Jim without podcasting? You know, Indiana Jim was my my uh, slice of sci-fi voicemail call-in name um, instead of Jim from Indiana. So, well, Indiana Jim, I like Indiana Jones. It has the Indiana J there, so I'm going to go with it. it. Has that alliterative quality? I'm going with it. Right, and I've just been wondering, should I even be podcasting still? Like be because of the fragmentation, because of the medium kind of outgrowing 
the hobbyist podcaster, it seems like. It seems that a lot of the hobbyist podcasters, it's like if you don't have something specific, a, a niche, a, a coaching angle to it, if you don't have a service angle to it, like listen to my show to learn how to X, Y, Z. If you don't have that, you might as well not even bother. Or if you don't have a team of podcasters, if you don't have a group, a, a, a pair of hosts or a panel of hosts, then your show is going to be boring and no one wants to listen to it. And so I just wanted to, I wanted to go back and listen to the old episodes and see what was it that brought me to podcast or kept me podcasting to begin with? What was it that made it fun? When did I sound like I was having the most enjoyment out of what I was doing? And so I started going through some old episodes and I specifically was listening for how did my tone change post Balticon, if at all? It, do I sound like I was more sad as time went on? I don't think so. My tone didn't change a lot, but I was just curious, you know, could I hear something in my own voice that told the story of what happened? You know, with the excitement leading up to Balticon, where I had like, you know, six, seven straight weeks of podcasting of episodes that I did, you know, right in a row, had a good streak going um, leading up to Balticon, and it kind of faded the list. I'm looking at the, the, the list of files on my Rich Sigfrit provided uh, server. You know, 39, 316, 445, 421, 428, 555, 512, 527, 529, 31, 614. You know, that in your Balticon episodes, then 714, then 9.22, so one month, one and then 418, and then 5 May of 09, and then 2 in May, 3 in June, 1 July, 1 August, 1 September, one 2 October, and then from October 8th of 09 to January of, of 10. And so there's this, this, there's this huge inconsistency, and I only had three episodes in all of 2011, one episode in 2012 and then two episodes in 2014 before I started rethinking this. And I can tell you there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of change happening in those years. But also there's that that lingering, that thing lingering over me about how my wife hates podcasting. And, and podcasting almost killed my marriage. Almost ruined my life. Anyway, don't, don't take that too too seriously. But I realized on the 9th, I think, or the 8th, you know, I published the memory on the 8th, on the 10th, so I went through this on the 8th. I realized suddenly why the last 10 years have been so bad for my, for my brain. I wanted to figure out what happened to my podcasting mojo. Where did it go? What happened? When did it go bad? And I felt like I do believe now that our life is much more stable. It really is. Even though we don't live in our own space, we live in, in the in-laws house. Uh, my father-in-law recently passed away and thank you for your condolences, but um, we, we, it's been a long time coming and we really, we've all been waiting for it. We've all been basically uh, wanting him to go because it, it, he, he didn't have a, a, a life. Uh, it was not a good quality of life for him. So we're, we're glad that he is at rest now. 
one of the things that that I really that I stumbled on stumbled on was this episode where I re-released uh, Thesis of Fantasy, which is um, kind of a goofball comedy spoof thing that I did uh, with Jack Mangan and Leanne Mabry and, and Doug Rapson and Rich Siegfried and, and all these voices. Christiana Ellis did a couple things and didn't even know it was there when I was listening to it. It was kind of this episode where I I hadn't finished the last episode of Codename Starkeeper yet. And I was making a joke on that, but I said, oh, but I, I did add a few things um, to Thesis of Fantasy to make it a little bit better, and so I remastered it, I guess. But listening to it just reminded me how much fun we all had and and how much fun I was having at the time just being silly. Um, and then I listened to the, the post-Balticon wrap-up show, which was just cringeworthy in some places, mostly based on the thing that was happening that shouldn't have been happening. And then the voicemail show that I did, where I asked people to call in on the voicemail, and then just they gave their remembrances and and uh, things. It was just so nice remembering what 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 we all had, especially hearing the voice of Paul Fisher and and him talking about just how nice it was to meet me. You know, not that it's an ego stroke, but just saying that we had this fun, we had this bond. You know, we had this special time, and. It was very helpful to remember the good times <laughs> at Balticon and not just the negative that came out of it. Anyway, I, I tried to pick back up with the podcasting mojo, thinking that um, if I drilled down and went super niche, super niche on my shows for each of my particular interests, that that was the ticket to really to, to find an audience again. Because, you know, to, to have a podcast for the writers, so the writers would listen and writers would want to want to listen and subscribe. And having one for the Star Wars fans, because Star Wars is huge, of course. Um, but there's only 897 other Star Wars podcasts out there. It's gone up 40 since the day I tweeted 857. You know, I, I thought I would have the Indiana Jim family of podcasts. You know, Indiana Jim and the Writing Crusade, the Temple of Geek, the Readers of the Lost Library, you know, <laughs> all about books, you know. And then I stopped reading as much as I used to. But, you know, a Star Wars-focused podcast, I, I mean, I'm the guy that made Codename Starkeeper. I have many Star Wars opinions. And I love Star Wars, but I consume many products, but I don't do everything. I don't do everything of one thing. I don't collect toys. I don't collect all the comics. I certainly don't do the books anymore. I play Battlefront 2 and Galaxy of Heroes, but there's YouTubers that cover those. So... It's been a struggle trying to figure out what what is my Star Wars podcast even supposed to look like? And I realized that I can't just do Star Wars content every week because everyone's already doing it. Like I said, there's hundreds of Star Wars podcasts out there. Really good ones. And and I'm not going to do something if I don't believe that I can compete. Not compete, but you know, stand out. If I don't believe I have something unique to contribute, I'm not going to do it. But that's that's where... That's where it occurred to me that the adventures of Indiana Jim was all over the place. And that was one of the fun things about it. You know, if you have a podcast, you can too easily get lost in the weeds of, of the formula for success. And it starts becoming this thing. This is what happened to me. I wasn't enjoying it anymore because podcasting became this thing that I had to do. Like I was pressured. I felt pressured to do this thing. Um, your podcast has to be this. Um, you, you know, you prepare in this way. It comes out like this. It should sound like that. 
It should be formatted like this, you know, whatever. Anyway, here's what I figured out. I lost my mojo because, of, again, Balticon, the negative part of Balticon happened. The, the unemployment added to that, the, the job stress, the moving every couple years kind of stress. Gosh, we've lived so many places. Um, the kids, you know, going through their phases that they go through. And I, I became so depressed and, and I still, and I'm coming out of that now, but have you ever seen the movie Inside Out? Where you got the little characters as the parts of the girl's personality in her brain. And it's got those little islands that are out there that, that the memories, the good memories give power to the islands. Well, I lost Goofball Island is what happened to me. That's what my earlier episodes and what Thesis Fantasy reminded me because I would just do random drop-ins and random quotes from things and, and just cover random topics, cover whatever was interesting to me at the time because my interests just go back and forth and all over the place. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that because it's me. The Adventures of Indiana Jim is about Indiana Jim. Right? It's not specifically about he's a writer who likes Star Wars, who watches science fiction and reads fantasy books. Because, yeah, I do those things, but sometimes I do other stuff. Sometimes I'm very engaged with Star Wars and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I have something to say and sometimes I'm just like enjoying it. I'm just just there, you know. Like right now, Star Wars isn't doing much. There's no new movie out. And again, with that, it's like, when a new movie or a new show or a new something comes out, every Star Wars podcast has to talk about it. And it's like, I'm listening to these shows, and I don't listen to the negative people on YouTube about Star Wars, because I'm, I'm, I love Star Wars. Why would I want to listen to negative people about it? But every podcast you go and listen to is all by these Star Wars fans who just love Star Wars. Now, there's some people that are that in the Star Wars podcasting space were okay with Last Jedi. None of them were like, I hate this movie. And a lot of them are just, I love this movie. I love this movie. I love this TV show. I love Star Wars. It's so great. And you can just kill yourself listening to a bunch of people talking about how much they love Star Wars. Like, okay, we get it. We all love Star Wars. Is anyone going to say something interesting? And that's where I thought, oh, I got to find something unique about Star Wars. I got to find a unique angle. Oh, Star Wars Survival Guide. That sounds like a really cool name because I really miss the Survival Guide to writing fantasy. And that's a name that no one has thought of yet. So Star Wars Survival Guide. Well, what's that about? Surviving Star Wars or surviving as a fan of Star Wars or surviving life with Star Wars. You know, what does it mean? What does it all mean? And I was too worried about what it means. Because it doesn't have to mean anything. That's the point, Sergeant. To quote from the Battlefront 2 campaign trailer. Thesis of fantasy and my early episodes reminded me that I was at my best when I was a goofball. And I lost Goofball Island because I lost my joy. I got depressed. I forgot what made myself have fun with life. What made me have fun with podcasting? Why was podcasting fun? So what does all this mean going forward? Why the big navel gaze? Huh? What gives, Indiana Jim? Why? Well, I'll tell you. One of the people I listen to, and I've been following since 2006, is the Podcast Answer Man. 
who doesn't go by the podcast Answer Man anymore, but simply Cliff Ravenscraft. He was the podcast Answer Man, and I've watched this man evolve over time in his podcasting journey and his business journey. He went from a from a dude podcasting about Lost on his living room carpet to now a guy who hosted his own event in Nashville, who hosts live events in his basement workspace, has his home studio there, who he encourages people through his YouTube content and, and everything else, and just having a great life. You know, he, he built this podcasting empire with all these different podcasts and used to talk all the technical stuff about podcasting, used to train people to podcast, trained Michael Hyatt and Dan Miller and um, Pat Flynn and all these people how to podcast. And I've watched him go from this small hobbyist guy to, to where he is today. And, and where he is today is far different than where he was 12 years ago. Big changes. Good changes. And one of the things that he made me look at were two things. Well, a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and the work of Tony Robbins. Now, Tony Robbins, I knew, is this motivational speaker. I had seen some of his infomercials. I knew that he was kind of the counselor to celebrities. I knew that he had these books out there. And, and I just kind of thought he was just kind of this woo-woo psychology guy. But he's not as woo-woo as you might think. Because <laughs> Cliff went to his live event and gave this report about what it was like. And I looked up more about Tony Robbins. Like, man, this guy, oh, this makes sense. And then I watched the Netflix documentary, I Am Not Your Guru. I encourage you, if you have any fascination at all with human psychology, to go watch I Am Not Your Guru on Netflix. And you'll be amazed at how he is able live to drill down into where people are really messed up where they're really having a problem, where they're really getting hung up. Because there's all the things we say that we're hung up on, and then there's the real reason that we're hung up. And it, made, it really opened my eyes into the possibilities of people figuring out what the heck is wrong with me and moving forward. And then I read The Big Leap. The Big Leap is about moving from the zones that we all, there's four zones that we live in. The zone of incompetence, meaning things we're not good at doing, but we have to do anyway. Zone of competence means, oh, okay, I can do it. But there's a lot of people who can do this better. Zone of excellence, which means I'm really good at this. And there's other people that are really good at this too. But this is, this is comfort. This is security. I am excellent right here. But then there's our zone of genius. There's that thing that we all have that we do exceptionally well. There are very few people who do this thing as good as us. There are very few people who have this quality that we have that's as good as we have it. And the big leap is moving from the zone of excellence to the zone of genius. And my role here at the elementary school I work at, I just do the computer lab with the kids, but I have the opportunity to talk to kids and, and love on kids and, and uh, you know, be kind to them and, and be an example to them. And that fits into my zone of genius because I'm an entertaining kind of guy, you know. Kids love me. And they really do. And that's another beautiful thing about working here is I walk in and there's 300 people who are immediately excited to see me. So, you know, um, even the kids that you have run-ins with, they still love you. You know, it's like they, 
you've paid attention to them. They value that. So I've been experiencing a real time of breakthroughs and positive changes. And I'm, and I'm going to get into some more down the road as, as we get into this. And I think um, the kind of things that I've learned, the lessons that I've been learning that way about myself are going to be an important part of the adventures of Indiana Jim because life is an adventure. And if adventure has a podcast, it must be Indiana Jim. With my new job, I have a lot more margin because it only takes me 12 minutes to get to work instead of 30. <laughs> you know, uh, a 20-minute commute, a uh, cumulative commute is better than a one-hour commute. Um, not as much financial, but, but, but there is more margin and there's an opportunity there for finances. So given that my father-in-law was, was – his situation was a strain on everybody – we're now able to make a little few changes in the living space that I can get because our son stays in the room with us. He sleeps in there. We're trying to get him his own space in a room downstairs, but it's, it's sort of in flux. So I, I moved his PlayStation and his TV down there, the guitars down there that he can play on. So he can kind of be out of my hair. And so I have, I, I freed up some creative margin in my environment as well. And figuring out this system with my phone and my headset, I can now record at home without having to turn on everything. Turn on the mixer, plug in the mixer, get my microphone situated. I can just throw on my headset, plug it in my phone, turn on the recorder, and go. And, of course, my relationship with my wife is so much better than it was 10 years ago. You know, it could have ended at 10 years. It wouldn't have even made it to 10 because we got married in December. But now we're, now we're sitting at 20 years. And... and more assured and secure with her than than ever before. Um, also, I shaved. That's right. I shaved the goatee and everything. I clean shaven now because what I was doing, and I realized this a long time ago, but I never really came around to it. It didn't really click. I was hiding everything I didn't like about myself behind the goatee. I had gained weight. My face looked looks chubby, you know, it's like, oh, it's narrow, let's taper it, let's thin this out a little bit. Uh, it may not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but it was a big deal. And, and this shaving thing, it's like, it's like freedom. Um, I'm not as interested in sports anymore because I just, I don't care anymore about the football, about the anything. It just, you know, it doesn't appeal to me as much as it used to. So I'm not wasting, and I because re I realized that, why am I getting so emotional about a football team? Why am I getting upset when this the ball doesn't go the right direction? I'm like, really? <laughs> it started to occur to me that there's a lot of sports fans that are really immature. They find all this get all this significance over a color on a shirt. Like, really? I I root for people. I enjoy people, and I. And, Looking back, you know, the, the teams of old, when, when you had a core group of players and you knew those players and you, you rooted for those players because you identified with them. And um, and I can see, you know, you identify with your city or your state or whatever. That's eh, great. But some of y'all need to chill. Like, really, don't get so upset over sports. Um, I've also just <clears throat> semi-retired from uh, music. Um it occurred to me that I've always tried and failed at starting bands and starting different musical ventures. And I led the music in a church for a while. It was part-time for a couple of years. And I got out of that and I realized, you know, I did that for a couple of years. That's not really what I want to do either. You know, that's not, 
as Cliff Ravenscraft would say, you know, talking about doing what you are most called to do in this world, doing what you are best equipped to do. And that wasn't, that wasn't it for me. And in fact, the more I play, the more frustrated I get with my inability and knowing that I don't, I just don't have the time to practice to get to the point where I'm good, where I, I want to be good at it if I'm going to do it. And if I don't have the time or desire to put in the work to get good, then I'm just not going to do it. And that's it. I mean, I, I'll walk away from it. In fact, I'm debating whether or not I want to sell everything. And I don't really have that much. I sold a couple of guitars earlier this year that I wasn't playing. I have my Les Paul. I have my beat-up Takamini acoustic that my kid plays. And I've got an old amplifier. And I've got a bass, you know. Um, I sold the head for the amp. I still got, I got the cabinet, but I sold the head, the amplifier. But I just, I don't, I don't want to play them anymore. And to some people that seems, oh, that's sad. Uh, you know, I was a music major. I love music. I named my kid after John Williams, for Pete's sake. But I can leave it behind because there's other more important things. There's podcasting, which I still love to do. Like right now, I'm enjoying myself. And then the writing. I've started to pick up on my writing. I'm, I'm getting close to finishing this other huge book that I've been working on, this big novel project, because I've got so many other projects I want to do, but I've got to clear this out of my head so I can get back to, to so I can do some more, more projects and just start getting stuff out. So I'm more focused on the writing than I, than I ever was. And now the Adventures of Indiana Jim is back with one podcast encompassing everything that I am, and hopefully a return a joyous goofball tomfoolery. And that was the end of my of my tweet storm. What can we expect from the future of the adventures of Indiana Jim? I don't even know. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Don't you see? I don't have to know where this is going. Hopefully I'm able to just kind of stretch creatively and just sort of what do I feel like doing? What what's what's meaningful to me right now? What am I experiencing in life that I want to share? And it's not going to be too heavy. It's going to be very lighthearted and no politics. And I don't want to do it because because I don't follow it. I really don't. I politics just makes me sick anymore these days. Just watching it, just blah. So here I am, Indiana Jim, back on the adventures of Indiana Jim. Um, hopefully to stay uh, where we are right now so i still have a voicemail line 760-705 indy 760-705-4639 indy i have a new email address indiana gym podcasts plural at gmail.com it's a verb that's what i do indiana gym podcasts that's what he does so that's the email. You can email me there. Please do it. Voicemail, email, those are the two best ways. You can tweet me at Indiana Jim, of course. That is where you can find my tweeters. I will still probably tweet about Star Wars at Survive Star Wars, but uh, you want to get in touch with me directly. Those are your three ways. Voicemail, 760-705-INDY. Email, Indiana Jim Podcasts. That's what I do at gmail.com. And at Indiana Jim on Twitter. So... You can find me on Facebook, but I'm not as active on there. But, of course, that's you can contact me there. So, anyway, facebook.com slash Indiana Jim. 
four ways you can contact me. Instagram, Indiana underscore Jim. <laughs> That's another. Uh, and I'm on Pinterest, but I don't know what the Pinterest URL is. But anyway, I don't do a whole lot on Pinterest. I haven't been on there forever. There, there, there I am. There you are. There you can find me. Um, it's not hard. So I will. I have decided that I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Adventures of Indiana Jim, a production of Visionary Creative Works. I'm Dr. John Small. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.